a former New York mayor who was once a U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, got a knock on his door this morning. It was a search warrant. A COVID outbreak at a Montreal area emergency room. Those infected had already gotten their first shot, just not the second shot. And a bill eliminating school vaccine religious exemptions in Connecticut has been signed into law. In the winter, well, it started warm and sunny in northern New England, but only into the 60s. Now we get rain in 52, and you lucky skunks in the city clearing up to Putnam County got 80 or higher under the sun. Bob's World is next. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council. This is Bob's World for Wednesday, April 28, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch. Mr. Mayor, we've got a warrant to search your apartment. We start in New York's Upper East Side, where federal investigators seized electronic devices while executing a search warrant this morning at the apartment of one Rudolph Giuliani. 1010 Winds reports the search was carried out this morning as part of an investigation into Giuliani's dealings in Ukraine. The FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan declined to comment on the matter. Giuliani has been under investigation for several years over his business dealings in Ukraine. Details of the search were not immediately available, but it comes as the Justice Department continues its investigation into the former New York City mayor, once dubbed America's mayor, and staunch Trump ally. The federal probe into Giuliani's overseas and business dealings stalled last year because of a dispute over investigative tactics as Trump unsuccessfully sought re-election and amid Giuliani's prominent role in subsequently disputing the results of the contest on Trump's behalf. Montreal health authorities have confirmed an outbreak of COVID-19 among emergency room staff at St. Mary's Hospital in Montreal's West Island area, that began Tuesday and that spread to more than a dozen partially vaccinated employees. CTV Montreal Channel 12 reports the news comes as a shock for everyone, including the staff who remain on the floor. Fourteen employees have tested positive and all have either mild or no symptoms, according to Hélène Bergeron-Gamache, a spokesperson for the West Island Health Service. Bergeron-Gamache wrote in an email statement, 
In accordance with public health guidelines, employees who tested positive were immediately removed from work, adding that they have been sent home to isolate. Nurses, doctors, and a clerical worker are among those who tested positive. According to the FIQ, that's the Health Professionals Union of Quebec, staff had been vaccinated back in January with a first dose and were waiting to get a second dose of the vaccine. Many, in fact, were scheduled to get that second dose this week. Public Health has said a second dose is required to be considered fully vaccinated. It's not yet known whether a variant of the virus is to blame. Quebec's Public Health Institute said it takes several days to complete genomic sequencing to determine if a variant is involved, but noted most cases of COVID-19 in Quebec now are caused by variants of the virus. For staff, the outbreak raises frustrations about delays in getting the second shot, which has been pushed to four months from the initial dose in Quebec. Across the country, doctors have been reporting hospitalizations in people who are partially vaccinated. One staff member who asked to remain anonymous because she wasn't authorized to speak to press said the outbreak has dealt a blow to an already understaffed emergency department and is causing serious delays in admissions since those coming from the emergency room now have to be placed in isolation. A bill eliminating vaccine religious exemptions in Connecticut has been signed into law. Today, Connecticut's Governor Ned Lamont said he signed the bill and it will go into effect in September 2022. It makes Connecticut the sixth state in the country to end religious exemption from childhood immunization requirements for schools. Also today, the Connecticut Freedom Alliance and We the Patriots, opponents of the bill each, say they are filing lawsuits, one in federal court, the other at the state Supreme Court. They say the legislation is unconstitutional. A protest is also planned to take place outside the governor's residence in Hartford at 6 o'clock tonight. This all comes after a heated debate that weighed public health, access to education, and a parent's ability to choose. That story from WFSB tonight. Now the Bob's World four-day forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and adjacent Quebec. Rain tonight, low 47, overcast tomorrow, rain showers at times, high 60. Tomorrow night, rain likely, low 46. Periods of rain for Friday, high 53. Saturday, cloudy early with partial sunshine expected late with a chance for rain showers, high of 51. Looking at Sunday, overcast and a high of 61. Around the region, it's 727 as we check these numbers here for you. Montreal is reporting rain and 49. Boston, cloudy, 49. And a coastal flood advisory is in effect. New York is 66 degrees under sunny skies. Ogdensburg, along the St. Lawrence Valley, cloudy and 48. Bangor, Maine, down east, 59 and cloudy. Hartford is still 71 and cloudy at this hour. Chatham, Cape Cod, 49 and mostly sunny. They have a coastal flood advisory in effect for them as well. Springfield, Massachusetts, cloudy and 72. Berlin, New Hampshire, rain and 52. In Putnam County, New York, it is 72 degrees under, mostly cloudy, And in Halifax, mostly sunny, 51. 
And I guess we should probably call that mostly clear, as it is, after all, about 8.30 in Halifax, as their clocks are an hour ahead of us, and at the fact they're further east. Sun is probably set there by now. Mostly cloudy and 52 in St. John, New Brunswick, 53 in Eastport, Maine, and 51 in rain showers in Rockland in Maine's midcoast. Taking a look at the numbers in St. Johnsbury. On my porch, I have 51 degrees, and it is also 51 at the Fairbanks Museum. The barometric pressure, 29.82 inches of mercury at 730. The relative humidity, 82. 4%, the dew point is 48. Repeating, the St. Johnsbury temperature, 51 under a drizzle at this point in St. Johnsbury. Rainy tonight with an overnight low of 48. When you help a child, you never know what that child may someday accomplish. They may someday find a cure for cancer or start a shelter for the homeless or write a timeless children's book that inspires generations of other young minds, or simply become good mothers, fathers, teachers, and mentors. At Kiwanis International, our clubs help millions of children worldwide every year through service projects, including college scholarships, Special Olympics, Children's Miracle Network, and thousands of other community-based programs. In fact, Kiwanis-sponsored programs result in over 6.2 million volunteer service hours performed and $107 million distributed annually. But the most satisfying aspect for our members is that we achieve all this, one child at a time. Kiwanis International, one can make a difference. But one can make a difference. A man suspected in a double homicide who was on the run was arrested in northern New York today. New York State Police say 55-year-old Barry Stewart of Carthage in Jefferson County was taken into custody after a pursuit on U.S. Route 11B in Dickinson, that's in Franklin County, New York. Stewart is accused of killing two people in Watertown. Their identities have not yet been released. Police say earlier in the day that Stewart was considered armed and dangerous. Burlington's Mayor Miro Weinberger tells WCAX several private parties are now exploring whether anything can be done to reopen the shuttered Coffee Cup Bakery. He says the Vermont Employee Ownership Center is exploring a worker-owned cooperative model for Coffee Cup. The bakery, which opened in 1940, shut down on Monday, leaving workers stunned and jobless. The mayor says it's a loss for the community. Some 150 people lost their jobs at the Burlington Company. The mayor says some of those employees have already found work and the city is offering help to other impacted employees. Job losses were also felt from the closure at their Brattleboro facility. And it's been 13 months since the border between the U.S. and Canada was closed down by the pandemic. That order was recently extended, as it has been month to month, this time to May 21, 2021, as COVID cases continue to rise throughout Canada and the pace of vaccinations lags behind that of the U.S. Policymakers and business leaders from both sides held virtual talks today on how to expedite that reopening. While commercial trade has not been impacted by the border closure, non-essential travel is affected 
and is down tenfold. Numbers from U.S. Customs and Border Protection show that under 390,000 personal vehicles crossed the border last year, compared to 2.3 million in 2019. There have been 24,000 so far this year. Former Quebec Premier Jean Chirin and former Republican Vermont Governor Jim Douglas are among the 10 participants on the Wilson Task Force on Public Health and the U.S.-Canadian border. That's hosted by the Wilson Center, a D.C. think tank. The panel was expected to release a reopening proposal by the end of March, but that was pushed back and no plans have been released yet. Chires said he expects vaccinations and COVID metrics will need to improve before the situation will improve surrounding the border. He says digital passports could be used as well as testing and quarantine for travelers. New York State Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who serves as co-chair of the Northern Border Caucus, says both countries need to develop a policy to help people with cross-border properties and separated families. Sherez says in the last few weeks, Canada has made headway in vaccinations, getting 30% of the country vaccinated compared to 43% of the U.S. He says he hopes the U.S. will look at the northern and southern borders separately when it comes to reopening Mexico is trailing with only 10% of its country vaccinated. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm uh, coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Bob's World on this Wednesday, April the 28th, the 118th day of 2021, with 247 days left in the year. Birthdays go to former Secretary of State James Baker, who is 91 years old today. He served in the Bush and Reagan administrations in various capacities. Actor-singer Anne Margaret is 80. Actor Paul Guilfoyle is 72. And former Tonight Show host Jay Leno, 71. Rocker Chuck Lavelle, 69. Mary McDonald, 69 years old. Rock singer Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth is 68. Actress Nancy Lee Gran is 65. Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan is 61. Rapper Too Short is 55. Actress Bridget Moynihan is 50 years old today. Chris Young is 50. Penelope Cruz is 47. Nate Richard, 43. TV personalities Drew and Jonathan Scott are each 43. And actress Jessica Alba is 40. The movie FM, about a radio station with a motley collection of DJs, was released in the U.S. on this date in 1978. 
Linda Ronstadt, Jimmy Buffett, and REO Speedwagon all appeared in the film. The theme from the song, the theme from the movie make that, was Steely Dan's FM. No static at all. It won engineers Al Schmidt and Roger Nichols the 1979 Grammy Award for Best Engineered Recording.
That is Steely Dan. FM, no static at all. So we let that tune fade out. In this state in 1788, Maryland became the seventh state to ratify the Constitution of the United States. Italian dictator Benito Mussolini and his mistress Clara Ritaki were executed by Italian partisans as they attempted to flee the country. That was 1945. 1952, war with Japan officially ended as a treaty signed, and San Francisco the year before took effect. General Dwight D. Eisenhower resigned as Supreme Allied Commander in Europe. He was succeeded by General Matthew Ridgway. 1958, the United States conducted the first of 35 nuclear test explosions in the Pacific Proving Ground as part of Operation Hardtack 1. Vice President Richard Nixon and his wife Pat began a goodwill tour of Latin America in 1958 on this date. It was marred by hostile mobs in Lima, Peru and Caracas, Venezuela. In 1967, heavyweight boxing champ Muhammad Ali was stripped of his title after he refused to be inducted into the armed forces. 1980, President Jimmy Carter accepted the resignation of Secretary of State Cyrus Vance, who had opposed the failed rescue mission aimed at freeing American hostages in Iran. Vance was succeeded by Edmund Muskie of Maine, former U.S. Senator of Maine. 1986, the Soviet Union informed the world of the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl, which, of course, was days after it happened, as opposed to hours. In 1988, a flight attendant was killed and more than 60 people injured when part of the roof of an Aloha Airlines Boeing 737 tore off during a flight from Hilo to Honolulu within the state of Hawaii. 1994, former CIA official Aldrich Ames, who had passed U.S. secrets to the Soviet Union and then Russia, pleaded guilty to espionage and tax evasion and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. In 2001, a Russian rocket lifted off from Central Asia bearing the first space tourist, California businessman Dennis Tito, and two cosmonauts on a journey to the International Space Station. In 2010, Coast Guard Rear Admiral Mary Laundrie said a massive oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico was worse than officials had believed, and that the federal government was offering to help industry giant BP contain the slick, threatening the U.S. shoreline. Ten years ago, President Barack Obama reshuffled his national security team with CIA Director Leon Panetta succeeding Defense Secretary Robert Gates and General David Petraeus replacing Panetta at the CIA. Convicted of sex offender Philip Girardio and his wife, Nancy, pleaded guilty to kidnapping and raping a California girl, J.C. Dugard, who was abducted in 1991 at the age of 11 and rescued 18 years later. The man was sentenced to 431 years to life in prison. The woman was sentenced to 36 years to life in prison. And Canada's Patrick Chan, on this day 10 years ago, won the World Figure Skating Championships in Moscow. And the self-titled debut album by Chicago Transit Authority was released on this date in 1969 for their next album. The group shortened their name to Chicago. The group was later nominated for a Grammy Award for Best New Artist of the Year, and the album stayed on the Billboard 200 for 171 weeks, 
beating the previous record for a rock album's longevity of 155 weeks. This is one of the songs on that two-disc LP album. This is Chicago on Bob's World. And that's a 46-second intro, and I'm about to nail it. As I was walking down the street one Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, this next story gives me the chance to segue from Chicago into Chicago. You know what's really useful? Traffic and weather together. Every 10 minutes on WBBM News Radio 78. WBBM News Radio 78. When you need to know. Fitting old clip. Drivers on a Chicago highway got out of their vehicles today to remove multiple mattresses that were blocking lanes of traffic. The mattresses were spotted this morning in the inbound lanes of Interstate 290, known to the locals and WBBM News Radio 78, is the Eisenhower Expressway, and multiple vehicles were seen driving around the obstacles blocking the center lanes. That must have been worthy of an update every 10 minutes on the 8s. 
a driver ended up stopping his car to start dragging the mattresses to the side of the road. Heck, that would be worth interrupting the news to tell people about. And he was soon joined by two other drivers. The mattresses were moved to the left shoulder of the road. If there's an air check of this, please send it to me. I just want to hear it for my amusement. The mattresses were moved to the left shoulder of the road. And like the guy said at the beginning... They check it every 10 minutes on the 8th on WBBM Chicago, News Radio 78. <laughs> and that's Bob's World on this Wednesday. I'll try to get an edition out tomorrow. I'll be on the road and the rails for the first time in 13 months tomorrow. The feedback phone is 802-467-0212. The Twitter is Bob Welch, N-E-N-Y. I'm Bob Welch. Good luck and be well.